but it didn't say man. Of any beast, it was more wiser, smarter than any beast that God had created. And he said, and he said unto the who? Woman. To let you know that he wasn't talking to Adam, the man. He was talking to the woman, Eve. Yea, had God said, he asked the question, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Yes, God said that. Now, some would suggest that, that Eve really didn't know about whether or not they were able to eat up all the trees that she really didn't know but I would suggest to you if you would really read the scripture uh, not only did she know she kind of emphasized a certain few things that the Lord didn't say Is evidence that we're hope you enjoy our pastor's message I'm brother Michael Williams thank you for listening we pray you were enlightened spiritually by our radio broadcast if you would like a copy of our service or support us by donation, write us at Bethany Ministry Center, P.O. Box 6764, Alexandria, Louisiana, 71307, or call us at 318-561-0064, and leave a message. Join us next Saturday at 12.15 p.m. K-A-Y-T, 88.1 FM, 70,000 watts of gospel power. power, beaming on the blue mountains of Mississippi and the flat plains of West Texas and the beaches and bayous of Louisiana, K-A-Y-T, 88.1 FM. Greg Tejada, pastor of the Word Christian Center in Alexandria, Louisiana. I invite you to stay tuned as I share a powerful message from God's Word that will change your life. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And now, here's today's message. Praise God. All right, here are the principles right here. The first principle is a, a reconnect with God or a strengthening of your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, he said, put on the new man. He's talking about new ideas, a new way to live. He's talking about you repenting from your old sins. You know, repent means to change your mind for the better. It means to make different choices in life. It means you're going down one path. You're on one track. It means that you're making a about face and you go in the opposite direction. That's what repent means. And there is no gospel without repentance. I'm going to tell you right now. Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel. That means change how you're living. You just can't say, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior and keep living like you're living. Paul told the Corinthian church, he said, am I going to cry and weep over y'all when I come? Because some of y'all have not repented from your old sins. You say you're saving, you're still living. That's like the devil. No, there's got to be a change. Jesus said, repent, make Jesus the Lord of your life, put on a new man, listen, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That man on the inside is a brand new person that has never sinned against God. 
That inner man, that person on the inside, that's the real you that's born again, does not want to sin. And that's why when you get saved and you keep sinning, that's why you can't get no peace in it. That's why you ain't never happy sinning. I'm going to tell you the most miserable person on the face of the earth is a backslidden Christian who know he's not living up to his potential. Put on the new man. Then first principle, be honest. Say, put away lying. Say, what happened? Husband and wife start lying to each other. Shading the truth, telling little white lies, not being honest. You know, I told you all that time, Cece asked me to do something for it. It had a, it had a time that I had to do it by 5 o'clock. And I got busy, and I, I didn't mean to forget, but I forgot. And I was on my way home, and I stopped at a, at a stop sign and remembered. And I said, oh, no, I forgot to do what she told me to do today. And then I thought immediately what was going to happen when I stepped in the house. I said, CC going to be so upset. And I'm going to tell you, there's a little devil in my car. Right. <laughs> little devil came right in the car. He'd take advantage of all kind of little opportunities he have. He said, just tell her a lie. I said, okay, what am I going to tell her? He said, tell her this. And I thought, I said, uh-uh, she ain't going to believe that one. So, so he gave me another one. He gave me another, and I thought about that. I said, well, you could just say this. Tell, tell her this. He said, mm, no, nah, she ain't going to believe that. You got any more? <laughs> <laughs> the devil will help you sin. <laughs> so then the Holy Spirit, because God always makes a way of escape out of every temptation. Then the Holy Spirit spoke up and said, just tell her the truth. He said, didn't you put on the belt of truth this morning? In your devotion time, I put on the belt of truth. Glory to God. I got the armor of God, the full armor on, and was getting ready to unstrap it and lay it down for a moment. Go tell that lie and then step back into that belt of truth again. <laughs> he said, just tell her the truth. I said, okay, Lord. Uh, I said, but Lord, she's going to be upset. This is really important to her. Tell her the truth. So I went in, I went in the house, I said, okay, I got my belt of truth on, tell the truth, be honest. I walked in, I said, see, see, I said, what you asked me to do today, I forgot. I just forgot. I'm so sorry. She said, oh, it's okay, you can do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? I mean, fingernails didn't pop out. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the claw didn't come out. <laughs> Not that she have any, but... I'm talking about your claws. I ain't talking about hers. I'm talking about them claws that pop out of your hand when you can't handle it. When you can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. Toenails pop out. Some of y'all mean. Says all right, I'll get him tonight. And you rush, take them toenails and scratch that mane up all night long. It may look like he got like I've been sleeping with a cat. <laughs> I ain't gonna never get through these principles if y'all don't stop. Huh? <laughs> First one, you gotta keep the belt of truth on. Be honest with your mate. Live honestly with people. If you tell the truth, you ain't got to remember that lie you told. You know, if you tell the truth, it's still the truth two weeks from now. 
you tell a lie, you might not can remember what you said two weeks ago. What, what lie I told her two weeks ago? I know what the truth is, but what was that lie I told her? Listen, you'd be better off just tell the truth, put it out there, just and lay and just lay yourself in the in the hands of the law. Just throw yourself on God's mercy and just tell the truth. That's what that scripture say. Put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. We are members one of another. Especially if you're husband and wife, you're definitely members of one another. Tell the truth. All right, the second principle. Be angry and don't sin. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. All I'm going to tell you this is this. Don't let your anger last. Don't, don't, don't stay angry for weeks and months at a time over something. He actually said, be angry, be upset, but don't sin. Don't let it, don't let it lead you. Don't, don't fall into sin because you got mad. Some people get mad with their mate and go out and sleep with somebody. Or go out and take drugs. Their anger led them into further sin. I tell you what, he'll treat me like that. I'm mad. I tell you, I know how I'm going to get back. Now you're sinning. He said, be angry and don't sin. Get mad, get upset. Be honest. Say, look, I'm upset about this. Then find a place of peace in your heart and forgive. Okay? That's the second principle. Number three, neither give place to the devil. That means don't allow the devil to work in your life. That means keep him unemployed. When it comes to you as a believer, the devil ought to be in the unemployment line. Actually, the word in Hebrews 2, 2 and 14 says that Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the devil. The word destroy means to make inoperative, it means to unemploy, it means to make of none effect. So when I saw that word unemployed, I kind of skipped over and said, that don't make no sense to me. How are you unemployed the devil? No, for every believer, the devil ought to be unemployed. That when he come around you wanting to work, looking for work, you ought to say, ain't no work here. Go back in the unemployment line. Because you have the authority to say no. You have the authority to choose life and blessing. You have the authority to reject the curse and death and to tell Satan no. And the scripture tells us to resist him, rebuke him, bind him, cast him out, trample him underneath your feet. I even found a scripture in Psalms say you can push him down. Just push him out the way. I done slid him aside a lot of times. Just get out the way. Keep him on the, in the unemployment line. When he wants to work in your life and he has to offer you suggestions and he wants you to do things, say, nope, I'm not doing that. You ain't working here. So you can't give him a job. Don't let him have a job in your life. God has given you the authority to keep him out of your life, out of your situation, out of your circumstances, but you got to fall in love with Jesus so that he can keep on supplying to you the light that you need to recognize him when he comes. Right? So if you, don't, if you try to throw Jesus out, then you know, ain't nothing going to be nothing but darkness there because Jesus is the light. And when he's manifesting in your life, he'll manifest light to expose all the works of the devil. And, and wherever he's trying to work, say, nope, I forbid you to work here. You're unemployed. Jesus destroyed you. That means he made you inoperative against a believer. Amen. Now, if you out there living in the world, it's just like 
Uh, a few weeks ago, we had, we had a girl that drove up here who was demon-possessed. And a boyfriend was part of the problem because he was doing drugs with her and sleeping with her. And she ran over to the car wash over there, and four of us trying to hold this girl down. And I started speaking to that spirit. I said, Satan, in Jesus' name, come out of her. And she opened her eyes, and I couldn't see nothing but black. It had no whites. Nothing but blackness. It was the devil. And then he jumped in. That's right, Satan. Come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. That's right, devil. Come out of her in Jesus' name. He messed the whole thing up. So then I just got quiet. I said, call the ambulance. Let them come get her. She on drugs. She high. She got the devil in her. And let them pick them up and give, take her somewhere. Because she was out of control. She was walling on the, on the ground, rolling around. So the young man came back over here. Mr. Daniels was with me. So we had the young man who was talking to him. He had a lot of scripture, a lot of head knowledge. So in the way of the conversation with Mr. he said, I knew she had a devil need to be cast. I said, look, you mess things up. I said, when somebody is dealing with somebody demonically depressed, I said, you need to keep your mouth shut. I said, you can't sleep with the devil then and try to cast him out. Didn't I tell him that? I said, you sleeping with this girl, now you're going to try to cast the devil out of her? You part of the reason why the devil in her? Amen. I said, you just need to stay out the way. Get on back out the way. Lester Summerall told a story about a woman who, that they were ministering to in their church. This woman had a devil, and so they took her to this little room where they were going to pray for her, and this woman's husband came in, and he said, he said, Satan, come out in the name of Jesus. We're fasting to cast you out. That's what he said. And, and he said that little woman was sitting there. And said, a big man's voice came about and said, you, you, you haven't fasted. <laughs> <laughs> you, you haven't fasted. <laughs> so let's remember how he said, actually, he said, did your husband fast? They no, he ate a walloping breakfast this morning. <laughs> he said, you, you get on out of here. The devil knows you lied. So that's why you got to be honest. <laughs> Neither give place to the devil. Keep the devil out your marriage. Don't let him work. Keep him Unemployed. When he come around wanting to talk to you and wanting to give you ideas, I'm going to tell you, he is the worst marriage counselor ever known. He don't know how to have unity. He knows nothing about peace. He knows nothing about the joy of the Lord. He knows nothing about God's blessing. And if you're going to let him counsel you through your ungodly friends, child, if I was you, well, just say, look, you're not me. You need to be quiet if you ain't going to give me something from the Lord. If you can't give me a word from God, keep your mouth shut. That'll shut up a lot of that counsel you're getting. And then I'll say another thing about your associations. If you're married, you can't have all your best friends being single who fornicating. Men, when you get married, it's you and your wife. It ain't you and your boys no more. 
I ain't saying you got to break relationship. I ain't talking about that. I'm just saying that you can't, you can't choose your friends over your husband or your wife. I've seen it too many times where you have a, a woman that all of her friends is single girls who are out in the clubs, sleeping around, and then she listening to that conversation about, I was with this one on this weekend. Child, I'm be with this one on next weekend. Let me tell you how he did. And you sitting there and you looking at the old fellow sitting over there in the rocking chair and he's got bean juice on his shirt. And he got a paper up in front of him. He done worked hard. He tired. He done in the recliner now. And she talking about this guy come in chiseled, weighing 190 pounds. And he, got a, he ain't got a six pack. He got an eight pack. And you look at him and he got a pop belly. And you, and you, and you letting them girlfriends just feed you. And then you look over there at him. Child, I sure wish I could go with y'all sometime. You done already been there. Same thing with the men, right? If you're a man, all your buddies talking about what they're doing and who they're doing, then you go, boys, brag. Then you look at her and she got curlers in her hair. She got a nightgown that's been, it's 20 years old. The J is gone out of the negla J. It's just a negla. You just neglecting that man. Negligee ain't got nothing but neglect in it. All he see is neglect. When he see you come out with that on, he say, ain't no fireworks here tonight. Some of y'all take your panties and wrap them around your head. You know that, nobody won't look at you with your panties around your head. Take your old drawers and wrap them around your head. Tell me, this is what I sleep in. You didn't do that when you was in first love. First love, you was in Victoria's Secret. And if you're a Christian, you were really secret. You wait till it's almost about to close before you go in there. Or early in the morning. We're we'll going in for in a lot of people. I don't want nobody to see what I'm buying for my husband. Just me and him. This is this sacred thing between me and him. I'm going to give him something going to rock his world. You can't handle it? He, he can't. I tell you what, you go to the overflow room, ain't no video feed out there. We'll put the video feed, keep the volume down, you won't hear nothing. You just see people. He say he can't handle it. <laughs> He's single, though. You know, I understand, my boy. I understand. You're doing good, though, Brandon. You're all right. I, I, I got to be, be more aware. All right. Praise God. Y'all get the picture. <laughs> Brandon said he can't handle it. <laughs> hey, hey, somebody give him a fan. We, got, we need to get us a church fan. Cool off, boy. Cool off. In that new church we're going to be, we're going to have some showers in there. Everybody can't handle it. We say, they go to the shower stall. They go over there, cool off. Have some extra clothes in there, everything. <laughs> she wanted to get a picture of me. 
Just time, time out, time out. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's move on. Get some real strong. <laughs> Excuse me. It gets strong. Look here. Keep the devil out of your out of your relationship. Okay, you got it. Yeah. Keep your your friends. I'm over it. Keep them out. Yeah. Tell them you don't want to hear their stories of their sin. Put it to them like this. Look, I don't want to hear about your sin. All right, next verse. What did it say? Let him that stole steal no more. Rather than labor working with his hand and thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that need it. What does that mean? It means to be a giver, not a taker. So we talk about stealing his taking things. If you're going to have a good marriage, then you're going to have to be on the giving side more than you on the taking side. You got to learn how to give. You got to give purpose in your heart to outgive your spouse. Do it as unto the Lord, expecting nothing in return. Say, you know what? I'm just going to do what's pleasing God. I'm going to be a giver in this relationship. I'm not going to be all the time just looking what's in it for me. Amen. Buy flowers, not expecting nothing. Amen. Do it because you love and appreciate it. You ain't got to want to. I don't want nothing in return. I just want to let you know I love you. Amen. Be a giver, not a taker. Verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. That means don't verbal abuse your spouse. Don't be judgmental and critical with your words. Don't tear them down with your words. Use your words wisely to build up each other. Speak faith-filled words over your marriage. See, corrupt communication is not just all the time cussing. Corrupt communication is unbelief. Corrupt communication is complaining, murmuring, fault-finding. It says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. If you will make this a principle in your marriage that I'm going to build and I'm not going to tear down my mate. I'm going to speak the truth to him, but I'm going to do it in love. It means I ain't going to sugarcoat, but I'm going to always do it from a foundation of love and respect because you want to help that other person. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. And so a lot of times, you know, people will just tear one another up with their words. Tear each other down. Never encourage each other. You ain't, you ain't no man. You ain't no woman. If you was a man of God, you did. If you was a woman of God, you did. And say on and on and on. Just never. Just a constant drip. The Bible says it'd be better for you to live in the wilderness than with a nagging woman. Be better off building your tent out in the woods or living on the housetop. Just go up on the roof. Just get you a ladder. Go set up on the roof and somebody pass by and say, just point down and just say, it's hell in there right now. I'm better off up on the roof. Right? All right, verse 30. Y'all got it? You get the principle here? Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed in the day of redemption. Now, right in the middle of all this correction, he talked to you about the Holy Ghost. He said, now, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you how to live your life, but remember, the Holy Spirit is with you. He's the difference maker. Because he's going to reveal Jesus to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't sadden him by having a nasty, selfish, rebellious attitude. Listen to his counsel. Say what he tells you to say and do what he tells you to do. If you don't, you'll grieve him. He'll give you words to speak over your marriage if you ask him. But I remember the time when Cece and I had been married long, and we wasn't arguing, didn't have a fuss or anything like that, but she just kind of shut down on communicating. She just wasn't herself. She wasn't talking. So I kept on asking her, what's the matter? Nothing. That's y'all's favorite line. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. I say, something wrong? I say, this, ain't, this not really you. Did I do something wrong? No. Did I say something wrong? No. Then what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> say, something wrong here. Something wrong. So make a long story short, after about three days, I just couldn't take it. So I got up one night, got out of bed, and I went and sat out in the, in the front room. And I said, now, Lord, I said, she was your daughter before she was my wife. I said, I don't know what's going on with your daughter. I need some help with that girl. And I started criticizing. You know, I said, she did. And then he said, yeah, and you do this, this, and that. And I said, I didn't come out here to talk to you about me. <laughs> he said, you need to make change. I said, I'm the one who need change. You need to change. I said, okay, Lord, I'll take that. I'll do it. He said, now, this is what's wrong with her. And he told me three things. And then I was overwhelmed because up to that point, I could not believe that God would be that intimate in a relationship to tell you specifically what the problem is. And I learned a lesson that day that it wasn't just me and Cece, that the Lord really was a part of our marriage and that I needed to keep him included in everything because I got somebody in my marriage who know everything about everything. Now, when people start listening to his counsel, they ain't going to end up in divorce. See, when selfishness come in, look, I just, I got to have my way. I need my life back. All right, selfishness destroy a lot of relationships. Self. But the love of God, see, when you start walking in love, you're not just concerned about you. It's about what's best for the other person. Amen. It's when people stop walking in the love of God that all this selfish stuff come in. And I went back and I told Cece, I said, Cece, I woke up. I said, Cece. You feel this way because it is. Yeah. I said, you feel this way because it is. Yeah. Y'all want to know what it is, don't I? I ain't telling you. <laughs> By the time I got the third one out, she was in, in tears. She said, Greg, how did you know? I said, the Lord just told me what was wrong with you. She said, I wanted to tell you, I just didn't know how. And boy, I'm going to tell you, I said, Lord, Thank you. And boy, that girl gave me a hug that night. I'm being, I'm being kind to you. <laughs> boy, he up there, boy, his feet. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Just come. It's, 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 it's going to be all right. Verse 31. 
Everything that we're telling you is the reason why marriages fail. Let all bitterness, that's, that's the reason right there. Marriage failed because bitterness in the end. One person gets bitter toward them, can't stand the ground they walk on. They got bitterness working in them. He said that all bitterness and anger and clamor, that's loud outcries. You know, talking loud, hollering and screaming. That's what clamor is. Loud, gonging noises where y'all shouting at one another, but ain't nobody hearing the other person. You just getting your point across. You see, all of these things is what work against a marriage. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So he says, don't do that. Make the decision not to be bitter, resentful, quick-tempered anger, or to fight with your spouse. Rid your life of these poisonous emotions. I call these emotions poisonous emotions because they poison your relationship. If you don't destroy them, then they'll destroy you from the inside out. Verse 32, practice kindness, being tenderhearted, compassionate, and understanding, forgiving one another quickly and freely as Christ has forgiven you. In other words, don't hold grudges. Sometimes husbands and wives can't move forward because they are chained to the past, a past mistake, uh, you know, a past deed done that just never would just let it go. You can be talking about you don't like the color of the ice cream. And then all of the blue, here come that thing happened 20 years ago. You start out talking about you didn't like the color of the ice cream. You got to practice being kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. Then verse 1 says, imitate God and walk in love. Your first love. The Lord never wants you to lose your first love for him, and he never wants you to lose your first love for your husband or your